Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. But unlike the many weeks that once befell before us where Steph and I could not talk AEW. Not only can we talk AEW tonight, but what a show we've got to discuss. A lot went down. Some debuts occurred both in-ring and beyond. Tremendous stuff it really was. Can't wait to get into it. With the one only, the perfect person for this, the hot take machine, the ultra chat queen. you got a whole thing going here. Steph, Chase, <laughs> coming on. Hey, Alex. I'm in a super good mood. Super tired, though, because that dynamite took it out of me. It was so exciting. I was so edge of my seat. Then when it ended, I was rewinding back to watch bits again. It was probably 5 a.m. before I actually got into bed. It was one of those, like, on a high, like, that's when you know it's been a a top 10 worthy dynamite when I'm still awake around the 5 a.m. mark just watching things back. But yeah, I'm in a super good mood. Had a good, good week, good weekend. And yeah, I'm ready to go talk about dynamite again. Awesome. Just so everyone knows who's watching the show right now, they can hear you talk about dynamite at the weekend as well on YouTube. Is it Fridays? Are they back? Yeah, I'm back on Friday. I'm on Friday at 6 p.m. UK time. So, yeah, you can join me then live to talk about Dynamite. And also, I haven't um, uh, put this out anywhere yet, but I am now releasing AW Weekly in podcast form, too. So if you go to your preferred uh, podcast app, you just search for AW Weekly with um, Stephanie Chase and you can subscribe to me and not only will AW Weekly be on it but also all my AW <clears throat> interviews will be on it and also uh, other little things as well that I'll be doing so yeah you can now subscribe uh, to my podcast Steph, are you um, looking for it right now <laughs> I am I am, I am. I'm on the app. Um, is, is there a picture of you I'm looking for what am I doing yeah, it'd be a picture of me with my fan, AW Weekly with Stephanie Chase. What app are you using? What's your preferred podcast app, Alex? <laughs> I'm on the Apple one at the moment. Oh, I, it's defo on the Apple one. Okay. I have subscribed to myself via Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I've put AW Weekly and I can't find it. What have I done wrong? Um... Type AW Weekly with Stephanie Chase. This is the okay. most exciting bit of video that 
all these viewers have ever seen as Alex looks for my podcast. (laughs) What's going on? Um, I can't. Oh, I'm having a very, I'm having a tough time here. Even my podcast has come up before this. What's going on? That's because you because you've been on an episode of my podcast. It, that it, would be. It, it literally went up live last night, so it ah. be the top of the searches. But it is definitely um, in there. Okay. Well, on that note, um, did you say it's on Spotify? I'm a Spotify guy. Yeah, it's on Spotify. It's on everywhere. I have it on. Overcast is my preferred podcast thing. And you can see me there with my fan. (laughs) (laughs) Forgotten Wonder says, old man yells at phone. (laughs) This is what we're watching. (laughs) Uh, I will subscribe. Yeah, and I'll tweet out a link to it as well. There you go. When I don't have a show to run, I will subscribe. Uh, until then, uh, congratulations. Good stuff, Steph. I think it's about time, to be honest. Are you going to have interviews on there as well? Yeah, I'm going to put... Um, so the whole podcast is all about AEW. I just called it AEW Weekly, but it'd be more than just that show on it. So any AEW interviews I do are going to go on there. Um, I'm going to put on ones that I've already done as well and do like a little intro um, about them, like kind of from, from the vault, even though they'll all be just from the last couple of months. So I'll put like Britt Baker up there, Jericho, Sean Spears, people like that. Um, and then I'm also going to do other little things as well, especially if there's any like big AEW news or something happens, I can Oh, thank you, Damien. Um, I will like jump on and just podcast for a couple of minutes and talk about it. So yeah, it is a fully AEW podca- uh, podcast, but it's more like the Steph Chase podcast feed than just a, sure. a single like episode type thing. Because that is worth remembering, although Steph, of course, is all things AEW. She does do interviews outside of that. Uh, the work with Rev Pro as well. Danny Spears says, where's the Kyle O'Reilly interview, Steph? Oh, that's gone up as an article. That wasn't that was not intended for the video. <laughs> so, oh. so it's but not yeah, that's that, not on the pod. That's not in the pod, no, because okay. it's not AW. If he jumps if he if he jumps ship, you know, maybe one day uh, I'll put it up <laughs> I'll put it up in the pod. <laughs> but yeah, is that we have pro on Sunday with fans. Awesome. Was, yeah, um, how was that? Oh, it was so cool down at the cockpit in London. Um, as I because you as were, you said, were kind of worried about well, not worried. That's the wrong term. But you you know you said you'd done it without fans and you'd done the intros. <laughs> so how did it work this time? Like when there were fans there, what did they have you do? So what they had me do was basically the intros again, but more for like I was kind of in front of the fans but I wasn't speaking so they could hear me but I was speaking right. like for the videos so they can kind of merge it together um but yeah it was amazing like especially being in a London cockpit which is such a cool venue but that was the last time I ever saw wrestling before the pandemic happened was Rev Pro back in I think it was like the first um cockpit show of March 2020 Eddie Kingston was there and then the pandemic happened. So this was great to have the fans back. You know, the cockpit is a small venue that RevPro run every month. Um, And so it was very like, you know, it wasn't packed out, obviously. It was, you know, all social distancing, people in their little bubbles. But like just having 
the crowd there to react to the stuff was amazing. We had Shota, uh, Shota Umino make his return. It was so cool to see him and to meet him. Uh, a fantastic, fantastic match between Dan Maloney and my pick for the future of British wrestling, Ricky Knight Jr. So really, really good stuff and just awesome to have fun back. And in about two weeks, I'll be in Bristol and it'll be the first time I've traveled to do a show. So that's going to be really cool as well. Look at Steph Chase. She's everywhere, this woman. On the road. On the road. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about you've had Kyle. Are there any other interviews you have in the can or planned, perhaps, on the horizon? I have some planned that I that I will not reveal. But uh, the last one I did, yeah, was Kyle, um, who was great to talk to before his mm. match with Adam Cole. I know you had Adam Cole. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, Adam Cole, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, uh, which is with Inside the Ropes, um, or you can do the articles that uh, I wrote for TalkSport. There's two of them for Adam Cole. You make your way there if you want to read. But if you want to watch, I've had people message me today saying that they enjoyed it. So if you want to hear about how the Undisputed deal was broken up or how they found out and you know, we talk about gaming a little bit because obviously he's big. He's big on it. Um, what the new two K game? His great background because when I interviewed him, oh, yeah, his nice. room's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he 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 had like this whole gamer setup. He had he had this is an interesting thing. And if you watch it, you'll you'll see this. He had the oldest ever console made, the first ever console Ooh. that was made in 1973. Don't even know where you would get My that. Gosh, but he wasn't around Adam, then. Well, exactly. He, he paid. He said he paid a lot of money for it. Sorry, uh, it's so old nice. that you know, like, so you know, um, terrible example here. But do you ever remember the Michael Jackson, Jan- Janet Jackson scream video? And they're playing that game where it's like, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about, and yeah. the ball just goes right. Um, it's like that. But if you want to play any other kind of game, you have to put tracing paper on the TV screen. Wow! Like that's how old this thing is. Anyway tremendous um either way i had adam cole and there's like so much stuff there about nxt who's coming up what his plans are and hopes uh, i had Britt baker the very next day of course yes. who yeah who doesn't love Britt baker right now um and we talked all about the lights out match um she says kenny omega is the best pep talker ever um in terms of you know chris uh, chris jericho as well has been a big influence on her promos jerry lynn is really helping her in mm-hmm. ring you know, we really dived into a lot about how she's developed and, you know, what happened the night Rebel got injured as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on there. And today I interviewed Riddle. I haven't re- I haven't told anyone this yet on Twitter, but I did. He was in fine form. We got to the bottom of the heat with Seth Rollins. We got to the bottom of it. I'm going to reveal all tomorrow. Um, and we also talked a little bit UFC, obviously, being he used to be a fighter there, Conor McGregor tomorrow. We talked about RK Bro coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, the name change, there's a lot. There is a lot from Riddle. If you've ever, you know, whatever you feel about Riddle, in terms of an interview, he's one of the better ones because he just doesn't care. He really doesn't. Like, That's always he, the best he, way to be. He's not like a wrestler who's thinking, oh, God, like, you know, what happens if I say this or that? He does not care. So mm-hmm. it was good. It was very good. You can have it tomorrow, guys. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying they found Steph. There you go. This is what we want. Yay! A lot of people hooking up to Steph's awesome. podcast. Awesome. And awesome. speaking of subscriptions, Steph, 
we're at 12k now. We've reached wow, it. Wow, that's huge. Thank you, Rodney. You've done it. My man. Um, so 12k. Remember, it was at 10k, which was at what, six weeks ago? We were asking to get to 15. We're nearly halfway there already. All of you, keep it coming. Subscribe. Give us the thumbs up. All of that good stuff that helps us here. Be the good eggs that I know that you are. Uh, I want to talk about Dynamite. So I'm going to quickly do the titular news. Now, I want to talk about Dynamite too. (laughs) (laughs) You may or may not have seen the raw number from this week, Steph. Um, not just not a good number. It is confirmed. So Raw has been around since 1993, lest we forget. This was the lowest rated Raw of all time. Uh, this week's Raw was watched what by a one. Yeah, I know. 1.472 million viewers. The new all time low is 28 years, man. Um, now, Let's. It's, if this had happened ten years, fifteen years ago, it would have been like literally dire straits. I understand that viewing habits aren't the same as they used to be. I get that, right? I don't think though that accounts for the entire trend. That's just literally like that. I there has to be some kind of. Uh, you can't just equate the slope directly to people watching differently, in my opinion. Like, they have to, at some point, recognise maybe the show isn't great. And apparently now is the first time that they're really having these meetings. Uh, and apparently they're saying that there could be a crisis meeting as a result of these ratings. Uh, Steph, what do you make of the numbers the numbers are terrible, but they've been terrible for a very long time. And yeah, I'm not, but it's taken them so long to like catch on to the fact that the show is bad. It's like they're in denial about how, how bad it is. Um, you know, TV stuff has changed. People watch things differently now, but I don't think it takes away from how bad a number it is because when something is hot on TV, it can still draw a big, big rating. Uh, so people are still willing to watch, and it's certainly not a good show. Um, and I'd love to see them change it, make it easier for me to watch. But I don't really have much faith in that either, because it, it's this has been going on a long, long time, and now they just they just keep keeps going lower, and they keep you know new new bad records being made by Raw. So we'll see what they can do. But I mean, they so many writers, but. So little good writing happening on the show. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things. Like, and uh, as Scott Summers points out here, uh, that Sean Rossat pointed out, there was DVR, there was the internet five ten years ago. Viewing habits changing means people not watching wrestling anymore. Um, I, I don't. I think that's a bit of a blanket statement in its entirety. But I do agree mm-hmm. with the notion that it's not like new. It's not. You know, at one point it was must see TV. Now it is not must see TV. And I always think that, and I might be wrong, but Vincent Mann looks at the quality of the show in terms of what he's getting for it. It's making the most money it's ever made. So in his eyes, it's a success. There's not much, you know, there's no panic stations here. If you were to take away 
those TV deals from Vincent Mann, I bet you anything that he would buck his ideas up. He'd, he'd be he'd be he'd be focusing all of his energy into the show. But as yes. I've said many times before, the infrastructure is so like out of whatever in WWE that Vince is literally doing everything else. He doesn't even think about the show until the day of, really. And he's trusting these other people. But then he gets there and he doesn't trust them because he goes, Oh, I don't want to do that. Let's do this. And then there's this mm-hmm. whole like game day, if you like on the show where everything's getting changed. I just feel like they haven't had a real need to act. Remember when the attitude era was ushered in it's because WCW was killing them, right? Yeah. Like they, they yeah. were, that they were doing a more realistic product. The NWO were crucifying what WWE were doing and Vince was forced to change right now. Yeah. Why would he be forced to change? Raw is still, I get it. Like everyone looks at numbers. Oh, they're not great, but he's got years left on these very lucrative TV deals. I don't know if there's any outs on those, but you have to look at it and they're thinking, well, the YouTube channel, you know, they're always going, Oh, this has got however many views. This segment did however many views. They make money out of that too. I think they don't have a cause to move the needle yet because they're not going to lose anything and they're making so much money. That's the bottom line. And I think until like AEW started to stomp them and, you know, which is, I don't know, in however many years that might possibly happen. um, I don't think WWE have a cause to really change anything. And that's pretty sad because us as fans... All we care about is what we see on TV. It's not good enough for us that they're making a load of money. What does that matter to us? Other than the fact that, you know, the company's thriving, which normally is a good thing. But in this instance, I don't think it is. No, it's not. And it's, it's not just the ratings. It's, you know, the demographic of viewers they're pulling in as, as well. Like there's something to that. It does feel like a lot of the people left are just the habit watching viewers, not the, people that are you know getting engaged by wwe and wanting to follow it and exciting them and i don't i don't feel many of people are talking to their friends about the great stuff they saw in raw and bringing them in you know it's not the same remember people would actually talk about wrestling at school it's not the same yeah yeah i mean that's what i mean i mean i know that I said this not long ago when it was the anniversary of CM Punk's pipe bomb which is 2011 of course that might be the last like water cooler no, proverbial I think so, moment. Yeah. That's the last time I remember people saying to me, like, wow, did you see that? Like, what was it real? Was it not? Like, what, mm. what was the deal with that? That was amazing. I don't remember the last thing that was like that in WWE. And that's a shame. It's a decade ago now. You would have that. Yeah. I think between like 98 and 04, like, in, even if you just went to those singular calendar years, there's like multiple, like 10. There's like a ton. Um, yeah. They've just lost their edge and their sparkle. And potentially desire i've said this a million times vince when the show was at its apex there was a very small team maybe six four to six people that were really deciding what was happening on raw right Mm -hmm. this day and age vince is doing so much more and he leaves it to like 40 odd writers which is insane right who then report to bruce pritchard who then filters it through to vince so it's it doesn't matter what they come up with doesn't matter. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we've all seen with WWE writers, they don't last long if they don't basically do what Vince and Bruce want them to do anyway, which is a real, like... There's just no point to it. It's like, it, it, he would actually probably save some money if he just removed all the writers. Yeah, and it's just completely... And tried it, himself. 
it's completely in- counterintuitive to go, I want you to do this job, but you can only do your job because I'm actually going to do your job. Do you know what I mean? You can only do your yeah. job so much because at the end of the day, I'm going to go, okay, whatever. Uh, I, I want WWE to be good more than anything, right? Like, it's like mm-hmm. what I grew up on. But, like, no, I don't think there's anyone in the world... And Raw hasn't been like awful the past few weeks, but it's still not like good or great. It's nothing remotely exciting like we're about to talk about on Dynamite. So I think it's I I, I keep hating to say this because every time we have this conversation, it seems like the bottom line is well, when Vince is gone or after Vince, it that's when someone has a fresh outlook and goes right, you know, let's 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 change this whole thing. That's only when it's going to happen, and I don't know when that's yeah. going to be. So. There you go. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, enough time spent on that, I do just want to point out that Andrew Zarian on the Matt Men podcast has said that Stephanie McMahon is going to be having meeting ideas with the networks, uh, Fox and NBC Universal, because they've been pitching creative ideas for theme WWE shows. I'll just say this right now. Theme shows are not what's going to save it. Just put on a good product. Oh. Stop stop thinking that Raw Legends or 
a theme show is going to bump ratings. Jesus Christ. If anything, the legend stuff makes it worse because you see Steve Austin come out and it just makes you a member of when it was good and people actually cared. If yeah. anything, it's worse to put your stars next to him. Like Ugh. before before the pandemic when Austin, I think, I believe it was MSG, and Austin came yeah. out, unbelievable pop. Like, unbelievable. And you just think it could still happen. Like people go, oh, mm -hmm. so, you know, it's different. It could still happen. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, let's get on to Dynamite. And remember, guys, if you want to have a say, if you want to chime in on anything that we've discussed or Dynamite indeed, you know what to do. It's wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Give us your hot takes. Give us everything. Give us those ultra chats and we will get them on screen. But without further ado, Steph, you know how we like to do it here. Cron illogical stuff. Now the beginning of the sh the beginning of the show. This is a good place to start. Is Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall South Beach strap match? Now I'm not going to lie. On paper, I was a bit like, oh, strap match. How many great strap matches are there? There really aren't many. Um, but I know this is a big but. I felt for a strap match, and again, I'm like checking my you know for a strap match. I'm, I'm setting expectations here. It was mm -hmm. pretty good, I thought. Um, and yeah, it, it, you know, if that's the end of Marshall and Rhodes or whatever it may be, fine. Rhodes got the win, of course he did. Steph, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought with with all the um, conditions, it was fine. It was a fine, fine strap match. Um, I think that really my only takeaway on it is, and um, we'll have more things to say about Cody later, is what yeah. uh, has been said a lot about how Cody handles feuds. It was like strange to then go back to QT after we started with QT, then we had a go-go. Now we're back to QT to the strap match. And when Cody came out, the fans love Cody. Like they really do. But I don't think this current storyline and the way it's been handled, there's been that investment. And you know, he took a couple of weeks off as well. And then just going back to the QT. So hope, well, this is probably the blow off. We'll see how long he sticks with his next feud, but I don't know what's next for QT uh, after this. Yeah. It feels like that was really He's make not a made QT. Man. No, yeah. at all. He didn't all. get made. No. And, I, and I imagine maybe a go-go was the goal. And of course he's like legit hurt now and he's had surgery and stuff, yeah. but um I don't. I, I can't imagine QT was ever meant to be like the guy, but they could have at least made him, you know, have an interesting leader out of the stable or whatever. It just feels like it's another Cody thing. Um, yeah. I also thought it was kind of strange that they didn't just do Malachi. That's what we're calling him now. Um, Alistair Black's debut here. You know, just do the Arn Anderson promo after. Why did they then later in the show? I don't know. It was almost like a kind of a fake out thing because they did the lights turning off mm. um, bit in this match. So it was almost like the lights turning off, I think, you know, confused everyone because is it an angle? Is it production? What like what was that? And yeah. then so I think that was like a little bit of a no, we're instead of doing it in the match, we're going to do it like at this. Uh, but yeah, interesting choice. Well, it certainly was. Uh, so there you have it. Cody gets the, the win. We know what he's going to be moving on to, and we will get to that in due course. But Tony Schiavone 
uh, was up next with Kenny Omega. And, you know, they were obviously talking about everything. Um, but that's not the new narrative here. I've said, you know, oh, it's Tony and Kenny, but really it's Paige and Kenny, Steph. I, I don't, I think I've made it very, very clear. I am so excited for Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. This is like maybe my favorite long-term storytelling in recent memory where, you know, this is literally years in the making at this point. Steph, what did you make of the exchange? I love this so much. So we had Kenny out with Tony Schiavone. He gets interrupted by Evil Uno, who is kind of like Hangman's advocate, but not in the way that um, Paul Heyman is the advocate for Brock Lesnar. He's more like, he's got like a, a shy friend and he's going up to people saying, you should, you know, date my friend. They're really great. And the friends like in the corner, like, no, don't, I don't want you to do that for me type thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's their kind of relationship. Um, but yes, we had Evil Uno come out, do the same thing. And then the Dark Order getting attacked. And then that was enough to bring Hangman Page out to save his friends in the Dark Order, which was so wonderful and beautiful. And then him and Kenny, though, don't end up touching, but they do get that face-to-face. And now it feels mm. like it's really, really on. And I thought the visual was great of having all of Kenny's followers come out so that you could see that Hangman has enough people behind him to take on Kenny because when you're taking on Kenny, taking on a lot of other people as well, the Good Brothers, Brandon Cutler, Don Callis, everyone, but Hangman, he's not just got all this history with Kenny, he's now got the backup as well. So uh, this is the best storyline being told right now in wrestling. It's really, really good. And I think that People that don't like or watch AW, they can kind of, you know, be like a bit snarky or whatever about how much people make out of this storyline. But all this stuff, like it has been built up for this long and they are doing really good long-term proper storyline, which is what is missing from WWE, actual storylines that get you invest invested rather than just weeks and weeks of rematches between people. And it's great. And I think that... It's just great that AEW are doing this and it's one that I think people will remember for a long time, no matter what happens when they finally do get their match. Yeah, WWE are specialists in the long-running mystery angle with the awful payoff. That's that's their yeah. specialty. Um, yeah. But in this term, how about the pop for Hangman, by the way? No, it's good because there was. I think there was some worry about if, there, if he would still be as over when you got the fans back, just because they had cooled him off um, on purpose so that we could get to this. But people love Hangman and he's very much just an organic baby face that people have got really, that he just drew people in and they're ready to get behind him. And he's done so well and having the Dark Order with him only helps him. So yeah, the pop for Hangman was amazing. Uh, really great to see. And it's great now that they're outside of Jacksonville. So we can get an even realer estimation of who's over and who's not when they go away from the home crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just think it's great that it's all building up to All Out again. Of course, first All Out, yeah. Hangman f- falls short uh, against Chris Jericho, I believe, for going for the inaugural title. Um, and then, of course, at the last one, he loses to Kenny, right, for the right 
to challenge will be the number one contender. Um, he, he's just come up short every turn. I think it's been built magnificently. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. I, I, I think I've said this for a long time. I feel like he is the guy, and he would be pop, like yeah. he'd feel big enough to take it off Kenny. So that's where I hope it's going. I really do. Um, yeah. I guess he has you know, to be the one. They got a lot of TV Kenny. though, right? Like, what? Where is all out? It, uh, it's like September fifth, is it? Yeah, right, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like two full months of TV to get us there. No, I don't. But I don't. There's I don't, a lot I, they can do. I know. I don't not believe that they'll do it right, but I'm just saying it's a lot. If it was WWE, I'd be like, mm. yeah, well, yeah. If it's WWE, they wouldn't be doing it in the first place. No one would give a <laughs> whatever about who's in the match. <laughs> Uh, uh, either way, it's red hot. There's nothing better than a red hot story around the world title. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, we had uh, Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Um, it was like a moderated interview with JR. Um, not a lot going into it really. Just Darby Allen saying, "Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get it." Um, I thought this yeah, was really good. And this got this I mean, got, it was, well, but I mean, like, reviews you know, on, on the Twitter. <laughs> On the Twitter app. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it wasn't good. I just mean, like, you know, it's not as if they got into it or anything. I'm, You know, it was it was talking. Um, yeah, but... it was good at kind of giving a bit of... Because they can't fully explain their history because they can't say evolve. And it, But it was good at, like, showing, yeah. you know, people why we've got to this point with them because the match next week is a big, big match. Yeah, it felt like Ethan Page was really in a zone. From what I watched, yeah. he felt, you know, he, he felt like somebody who was really on top of his game. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that because obviously he needs to be able to assert himself. Obviously, they did well in the Sting match, but like it's, yeah, Sting is obviously a, the overriding presence, right? And I know that yeah. it's a rub for everyone else to be involved, and it is, but still to fans, I think, you know, you think about the match, you think about Sting. This is now a real chance for him to be, it's like my moment. So, and I don't doubt that he will. Um, moving forward, next we had the tag between the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. So we had Hager and Proud and Powerful versus FTR and Wardlow. Now, maybe my favourite bit of this is the chop block <laughs> from Tully Blanchard on Conan. Um, they're just wonderful. Um, what did you make of this whole kind of deal, though, Steph? I loved it. It had most of my favourite people in it. Um, mainly Wardlow and Jake Hager. <laughs> so I thought it was great. Um, great to see Wardlow pick up a win. And very, I think the FTR Santana and Ortiz match is going to be incredible. And it's great to see us work towards that, get there. And I thought the presence of Conan was really good. He's been a nice addition to this and yeah. a nice person to counter Tully with as well. So great stuff, great Wardlow performance. I thought it was one of the best Jake Hager performances as well. I think with you Hager, love Hager. I am I'm such an I'm, I'm an advocate for Jake Hager. Jake Hager is one of those people that when he does something good, so like the match with Wardlow in the cage was really good, and people are like, that was a great Jake Hager moment. Like that kind of little confidence is what he needs to then run for another month of being good. If you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like he kind of needs the reassurance and then when he gets it, he can really run with it. So I think he'd be an even greater star in AEW if he had someone like me in his ear every day being like, you're great, Jake Hager. Imagine what he could do if he had that 
that backing, that cheerleader. I'm sure that's what Jericho is. You're so great, Jake. Um, speaking of Jericho, next up, of course, is the Jericho and MJF sit down where MJF basically talks about the terms that Jericho would have to acquiesce to should he want to face him once again. Um, I thought this was excellent. Um, obviously, like most of the headlines, I guess, have been Jericho jabbing the fan who tried to get in the ring, um, who tried to invade at the end of Judas, and Jericho gave him a swift hook, um, which is fine. It's not a place for fans. But also, um, I, I, I just felt like, the intensity was well. I thought MJF pivoted really well from that moment into the actual thing. You know, he was like, uh, well, he invited anyone else to try it. And then he basically said, it's not about them though, Chris, it's about me and you, which I really liked. Um, and I mean, the Jericho mum joke should have been crap, but it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it just, I, I just thought it was great. But the most importantly, out of all the performances, I loved that MJF used, the stipulation against the old Jericho, right? The uh, the the old Jericho that that put Moxley through the same thing. Now MJF is doing to Jericho. I just love synergy like that, Steph. <laughs> I can't like contain my excitement. Trying to like start to start fanning myself, and my face <laughs> feels like it's actually got a crack from smiling. <laughs> <laughs> crack. Yeah, my mask is about to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really Louie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Anyway, um, I thought this was amazing segment. I was so into this. This is my favorite moment of the night, of a night that was a, a big night for AEW. Firstly, this fan jumping, Jericho hitting him. That was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen on TV. He just went for it. There's no place for fans. And he just took that guy out of there. Uh, so absolute props to him for being the coolest person uh, to handle that. Then MJF very quick on the mic to immediately reference it and make it seem like, make it seem like he's such a heel that someone would want to attack him, you know, like playing into the storyline like that. Very good. Mm. Then when they, when they sat down though, to do this face to face, the intensity, especially coming from Jericho was insane. Like the way, it felt really, really real. And I love that MJF decided to reference what Jericho did to Moxley instead of reference what he did to Cody, which I think when he made this challenge like last week, a lot of people thought back to like, oh, it's like what you did to Cody. And he like flipped that and was like, no, this is what you did to Moxley. That was very, very good as well. I'm confident we're getting my dream match. I'm very confident Wardlow Jericho is coming. Very, very yeah. confident. Um, but I thought they were they were really great playing off with each other. Some great lines uh, regarding MJF's mother and other things. Um, some <laughs> great like uh, moments in there. And yeah, I loved the segment. I was very excited once it ended and we wound it back and then caught up during the break. Wow, it was really good. It was really, really good. Uh, as Jack Neville correctly points out, yes, I know you're right. I, I, the, the beats of the story is what I was getting at. There's been significant moments at both all-outs. Sorry. Sorry, Jack. You're right. Um, but yes, I, I, I thought the segment was a home run. It gives us a lot of legs to get to all-out as well, where presumably yes. it will be 
MJF and Jericho. So yeah, um, we've got like around two months. So maybe every fortnight he can he can have a match to get to MJF. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It works. Uh, next up was the debut of Andrade El Idolo as he took on Matt Seidel, which on paper is a very good first opponent for Andrade. Um, yeah, he dominated early and pretty much controlled the pace throughout. Um, Seidel did what Seidel does, very good with the comeback and all that good stuff. But, of course, it would be Andrade who picked up the victory uh, with the Hamlock DDT. But after the match, he, you know, he had Seidel trapped in an armbar, Del Rio style, um, and then he left with Vicky Guerrero. Um, I don't love the Andrade-Vicky Guerrero pairing yet. I don't know what it is. I know they haven't had much of a chance. Nobody loves it. I don't love it yet. It doesn't feel good to me. I, I want to give it a chance. I really do. Um, because I love Andrade and Vicky's like one of the nicest people, humans ever. But um, it's feeling a little forced to me right now. Like this, especially when Zelina and Andrade were so good. I, I just wonder mm-hmm. if, I wonder if there's like some memory you know, muscle memory there for me where I'm like, eh, I don't know if this is the one. I don't think it's that. Uh, I, I don't think it's that. Look, Vicky should not be a manager um, really at all. I mean, she's a lovely person, I'm sure, but lots of people are lovely and that doesn't mean we put them <laughs> on TV, you know, like mm. about 20 years into their career. Uh, she doesn't fit with Andrade at all. What he's trying to get over Um it's, it, it just doesn't work with, with her. Um, and Selena would work. Um, and I'm sure there are other people that would. But, yeah, I, I'm not buying it. I felt this this match was totally fine. Like, you're not going to have a bad match when you've got Andrade and Matt Seidel in there. But at the same time, he he came, he came did not come off as a star to me. No. He did the entrance. He had the the this, the, the taking off this, the suit. Um, I don't think that worked the way the suit came off. Uh, it just wasn't like right of, of how to do it. It seemed a bit like to just like cut stand there in a suit and then immediately take it off was a bit strange. Um, the mask looked cool. This yeah. suit was very uh, when he had just the the trousers on. It was giving me baseball vibes, and I'm all, huh. I always like. I do always like baseball players and uh, I really want to learn about baseball. However, I don't think he was going for baseball. Um, So I thought that was a bit of a misfire, but honestly, and I think this might be a problem with how he's been presented since he's been there. This didn't feel like an exciting like debut match for someone. Uh, He kind of just felt like another guy. And I think at least when they brought in Miro, there was, you know, a lot of discourse about what they were doing with Miro, but I think that was a lot better than how they've decided to present Andrade from the from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I've said this all along. Even in the WWE days, I was like a fierce supporter of Andrade and his abilities. Yeah. Looks great. Even from all the way from NXT to, you know, he had a bit of a solid run on the main roster with Rey Mysterio and others. Like, there was so much more there for Andrade. Um, I don't think this was an instant hit. As much as I wanted it to be, um, he might take some time to get his footing similar to, you know, Miro did. But I felt like Miro's was more, they couldn't just slot him in where he needed to be straight yeah. away. There was already, there was already stories in motion. You have to let 
somebody take their time. For Andrade, there's nothing really obvious to me where he should be. And I know there's already the talk that he'd face Omega, right? Like the AAA stuff. And Yeah. But I, I don't know if you plug him in right there and then, you know, he'd lose from there anyway, presumably. And then it's like, okay, what do you do? So I believe yeah. the talent is there. The work is there. You just, they've got to find the right thing for him. And I don't believe that is with Vicky Guerrero as much as that is maybe harsh at this juncture, but there you go. Next up was another debut. Arn Anderson was in the ring. He was uh, talking, well, he was trying to talk about how great life is, basically. Weird promo to have. But yeah, he was like, things are going great. My son Brock won. Cody won. Um, Just a weird promo to have. But anyway, it was cut off because of the lights going out again. Commentary, of course, were like, oh, apologies. This is happening again. Whatever, technical difficulties. But then when they come back on, Alistair Black is standing there in the ring. Still got the gimmick eye and all of that. Um, and then there's some fumbling going on on commentary. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as some made out. But um, Alex Gallagher is saying, I fought that man many moons ago. And he, you know, Jim Ross is trying to go, is it Tommy End? And Excalibur's like, no, it's Malachi Black. That's who he is now, basically. He gives Cody a kick. Well, he gives Arn a kick first. Then he gives Cody a kick, kind of luring him in that he wasn't going to do it, uh, and then and then makes his retreat. I loved it. I thought the pop was great. The the lights thing worked for me. I liked it. Again, I was very much like, wow, okay. It's um, it's interesting that his first feud is going to be Cody. That much I will say. What do you think, mm-hmm. Steph? I liked the way he entered. Uh, I like the pop, and he is very good at kicking people. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, I have massive reservations regarding Mr. Tommy End. So, wow. was I okay. excited to see him? No, I can't say. I have all I can say is I I'm cautious with Mr. Tommy End and the creative ideas that he has, and yeah, and a lot of things about him. <laughs> so that makes it sound like it's something really bad. It's like I I like lost a lot of um, so I say respect for him with that whole twitch how what he did when he you know was released and his whole Vince loved me stuff um I think the ideas that he has they just worry me that he you know like we're going to get into fiend territory here so yeah I hope um his creativity is put through a a filter and we'll be fine as a wrestler he's great uh yeah uh, and I think they should have worked out yeah on commentary like who he was and what because it almost felt like they were trying to say this is Tommy End, but he's been taken over by Malachi, Malachi Black, this persona. And it just got me thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, 
I mean, I, again, I'm a long-standing Alistair Black fan, more for his work than anything else. Yeah. Um, and I, I think now, if anything, those Twitch streams have aged well because he obviously was planning to come to AW, right? Like, that seems to have been... I, 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 I could be wrong, but I don't think they figured it out late. I think this is something that they had planned. Tony yeah, Khan's no. talked about what Tony Khan. So I think he was just being nice about Vince and WWE, not burning bridges. That's up to him. I think that's okay. I understand what you mean creatively in terms of where he was coming from. Um, but for, I would like to be seeing, be able to spread his wings with Tony Khan presiding over him. Is I know this would have sound mental two years ago, but if I trust anyone to guide anyone, Right now it probably is tony khan um yeah so... i trust tony with the world i just hope there's no magic yeah i hope it doesn't lead to like a matt hardy magic feud or something oh wow um i i think <laughs> yeah jesus it's interesting i remember uh interviewing both i know it's a bit of a dirty name now um jimmy why have i forgot his name the English bloke, Jimmy Havoc, right? I don't know why I forgot that for a second. Anyway, I remember interviewing him, and he's very much similar in the sense that he, he's very much like horror stuff. He had a lot of ideas of stuff that he wanted to do there. And, of course, he never got to do that. Um, but Darby Allen is very similar. Now, I know Darby Allen. No, Darby is not. Listen, you have, you have, to, let me, you have to let me finish. I don't mean he's similar in terms of, like, the representation or the ideas. I mean, he's similar in that he has grander theatrical ideas, which he does. Right. And I know that's very passionate to him. And I feel like Tony has managed how much of that there is very well, mm. right? It's not like a incessant thing. I don't think we would ever get a magical weekly Alistair Black or, you know, maybe at all. I don't think, you know, I've, there's no suggestions that Tony likes magic in his wrestling, but, uh, I, again, I think actually it's going to be a lovely partnership. And I don't know whether that's my hope speaking or mm -hmm. belief, but I'm, I look, look at I'm Tony's hopeful. record, Alice's talent, and I think why not? I'm hopeful. I'm just saying, cautious, cautious. Like people <laughs> have to people have to prove themselves to me, and I'm someone that you know it's fair. It's very hard for me to, uh, you know, like someone and then sometimes when I do like people or initially when they debut I think that they're really cool and then they do some stuff where I'm like oh that's really not cool and I'm not down with that then you like you know you lose the point it's a point system with me you know he he lost a lot of points in the past couple of weeks maybe he can earn some points back we'll see how he does in AW yeah indeed let's move on to At the least main he event made a better decision than his wife well they, this is it <laughs> This is it. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, for those unaware, Zelina returned to WWE last Friday and is in the Money in the Bank match um, as well, <laughs> coming out in two weeks. I mean, if she wins that, I'll be staggered, but would be kind of cool. Um, in the main event, we had the tag team titles on the line, right? The Young Bucks in a street fight with Penta, I'm not going to say the rest, and Eddie Kingston. I refuse, it's just Penta. Um now, again, shock horror, this was great. Um, there, there was, like, so much to talk about here. You know, even Nick Jackson in the 450 that took out Rick Knox. Um, the Good Brothers, of course, they got involved. Um, you know, the Destroyer pole driver from Penta on Matt Jackson through a table. Um, there was, I mean, 
Brandon Cutler again, kind of going back to the spray spot, but not. Um, it was it was great. Uh, the Young Bucks are great. I keep saying this. Um, the finish. I don't know if I've ever seen thumbtacks in a mouth. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't personally seen that. But Jesus, I was like, okay. Um, I mean, it, it was for a TV main event. It's as good as you could hope for, is it not? Yeah, this is a really awesome match. I'm really glad they got that win last week in the um, straight up wrestling match in order to take the loss here. Um yeah where you can put their a their victory down or their loss down to other stuff that was going on and i mean even the bucks taking up the, the ref was like wow um but this is a really really hot match it was a really great match for the first on the road show to end with because it got every like this crowd in miami were amazing and it got them really going going wild and that like Eddie Kingston spitting out the tax, put that in the in the intro video for Dynamite. That was a moment. That was a moment. It was really like it to think about that is awful. But yeah, did. yeah, and of course, if there was going to be someone who would do it, um, oh, I mean, I mean, again, I'm not going to have seen that. Come on now, guys. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, in a in a main stage, um, somebody is saying Havoc and Janella did it. Tax in Havoc's mouth. I don't. Maybe that's why we don't remember. Yeah, maybe we've wiped it from our brains. Uh, I remember Havoc running around with the stapler. I don't know why the oh, tax eluded my mind. Um, I don't remember Havoc. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's gone. Uh, either way, I like this from Ejection 2K because if we're going to be bringing hot takes to the dance, Steph, the Young Bucks are better heels than Kenny Omega. I mean, it's a legitimate discussion. It's a legitimate discussion. That's really hard. I think Kenny's a really good heel, but his promo style is different because he does verge on the goofy. Like even for, yeah. even his uh, uh, Bangkok line, uh, like that is that is pretty goofy. It made me laugh, um, mm. but it is. And he has like he he has that about him. Where I think the young bucks with the presentation that they're doing, like. The presentation is goofy because they look frankly ridiculous, but it's like the full, full commitment to it that makes it actually work. And then they can give quite serious promos. Whereas I think Kenny, with what he tries to do with his look, because he's got like facial hair now and he always has quite strange boots on, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's not like a full, full commitment. Like you kind of have to go all in and the Bucks go so all in on that where it becomes great and a great part of their character so are they better heels than kenny i think and i think in a way they have more to work with than kenny we'll see what kenny can bring out of himself heel wise now when he feuds with hangman because hopefully there'll be not nothing goofy about that because this can be something that can be taken really really seriously but right now i'd say maybe Injection 2K has got it right. The Young Bucks are better heels than Kenny. Mm, it's definitely an interesting debate. Um, I, because mm, I guess, like in the in the typical historical sense, like of what a heel should be, yeah, as a bad guy, maybe Kenny. I don't know. Like, but the Bucks are so entertaining 
right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. They are so, so entertaining, which sort of defeats the object, or it does historically anyway. I think in this day and age of wrestling, things are more nuanced and it's fine. Um, who do I find more entertaining? I don't, there's not many people I find more entertaining than the Bucks right now. I, every week yeah. I, I pop for them real, real big. Yeah. Um, so I'd be hard pressed to make an argument against them. I do think though Kenny has evolved greatly into his title run. And I think the other thing, and this is not a direct comparison, but often is the case with heels, is you try it on, and then you generally, as you go, Bailey's a great example of that. And I think the Bucks are the same. As yeah. time has ticked on, they've really found their groove and now they're in that stage where it's just like we can do anything. Yeah. And it's gonna be cool. Like, which is a great spot to get into. Not everyone can do that. So there you have it. Um, here we go. The Veggie Beast says, Steph, will you ever be on Quizzlemania? If you get us to 15K subscribers, yes, she will. That's the answer. I'm keep I'm keeping her back until then. They can't have her. I've said it. There you Someone go. is. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. She's mine. Uh, Gay Crasher Forever with an ultra chat here. Alex, I say this with love for the channel, but are we, uh, we are never going to get to 15K without Ollie promoting the channel more on his daily news videos. We have a dedicated viewer base, but it's preaching to the converted. Everybody is watching is already a sub. Uh, that's not technically true, although I understand what you are saying. Um, I mean, it, it's all it's important, right? Like we've built what we've built thus far pretty much. From this, mm -hmm. just to show the 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 community that we have, the the co-hosts, of course, are probably the most vital ingredient, along with the viewers. Um, it's they don't owe us, is what I'm trying to say, right? You know what I mean? They don't owe us yeah. to always be plugging. I think they have a huge subscriber base, and we are planning to do some crossover things. Quizzlemania, obviously, meaning to be one of them. Um, but yes, there has been some discussions in the past of doing that. I just feel like you, if you have to rely on that, then it's almost charity. So just a little bit is fine. Um, you should see some more crossover stuff moving forward. You've, you know, you would have seen SB3 doing some stuff. I'm sure Steph and I will as well as time moves on. Um, Hector says, will Louis be a part of Quizlemania War Games as part of the Wrestling Daily, even though he's gone? Well, he thinks he will. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I mean, Sat made a great debut, right? He's kind of on a, I don't want to call it a trial, but, you know, we're just checking that it fits for the first few weeks and stuff. I thought he did great on Tuesday. And I, yeah. I, I see no reason why, if by the time we get to 15K, whenever that is, let's say it's a few months away, should probably be the regular ensemble, right? Like Louis could come back to Quizomania whenever he likes. I don't know. It's, it all depends. It all depends. Um, but if Sat stays, I would feel a strong, I always feel a strong affinity for the, the, the current roster, as it were. Hey, now, Scott Summers, I will not have that on this show. I'm just saying that. Um, Ollie, you know, you can't expect them to plug us every single show, is what I'm saying. There you go. I've done probably put it the best from time to time. There you go. Um, so yeah, I think we've done great, is what I will say. Yeah. To get to where we are already. Like 12k 
and the community that you know it's, it's amazing really like we put on a show for an hour nearly every night of the week and we have like a steady strong fan base that come to it nearly every day i find that amazing i really do so i'm very um uh this is not true at all hector um he's not you mean i mean what do you mean the show or quizzlemania get back to me on that the quizzlemania war games get back to me on that because it's not the show i can tell you that for nothing um into what else we got injection says i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna have to get used to the new host on tuesdays i miss louis um i've got to be honest with you it was weird not having louis around because louis is like the he was the de facto like secondary in command if you like if i can't do it louis did it or if somebody dropped out louis did it um so it is weird not having him around and you know it's very difficult to to adjust to a show without so many bad takes. But having said all of that, um, he's doing great now. And I do think this sat is, is a great replacement. Uh, and in lieu of a replacement, I was, you know, very lobbying. I will go as far as to say to have Steph and SB3 just do more. Cause I love the team that we've got here. So uh, yeah, I, I think all of it's good stuff. All of it's good stuff. Uh, Quizzlemania. Um, was he? I think, it, I think that was an Ollie idea, if I'm honest. I'd have to I'd have to have a think about that. They they came to me about it. I can't remember. But Louis maybe. I think it was the Ollie's idea, but Louis certainly maybe brought it to me. Yeah, you've got me there. Congrats. Uh I think 18% is a low number, <laughs> to be honest. Um but you know, you've all got it. Uh Steph. Yes. Since you've been sitting courtside while I just ran, um, let's you know what have you got going on the rest of the week? I know you said earlier about the YouTube show, but as we wrap up here, um, mm-hmm. you say you have some stuff in the pipework. What are your plans in general? Are you sticking with the gym routine? Give us a Steph Chase update. Steph Chase update. Yes, I'm sticking with the gym routine. It's going very very well. Um, oh, thank you, Demo Goddess. Indeed, <laughs> I like that. Um, and yeah, so. Uh, Tomorrow night, come join me at 6 p.m. UK time. One day I'll find out how to time convert. But 6 p.m. <laughs> UK time, and we'll go in-depth on Dynamite. Um, I, I'll i probably do a really crazy review slash reaction to that uh, Jericho MJF segment. So <laughs> if you think you've heard it all from me, <laughs> um, yeah. And then next week, I should have some interviews going up. And as I said... Please subscribe to my podcast because it just launched. Uh, help it out. AW Weekly with Stephanie Chase. Apparently, you can indeed find it on Spotify. Uh, I think it should be all on all uh, all your podcast platforms. Indeed. Good stuff, Steph. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to fight my old man fingers and subscribe <laughs> uh, as soon as I get off of this. But you've been wonderful, Steph, as usual. Cannot wait to see you next week. Hopefully, we're in England are European champions, because I know you care about that so much. <laughs> uh, but until then, uh, I will be, obviously, actually, thinking about that, I need to have a production meeting with you off air about coming on my radio show again. There's some stuff coming up, Steph. Uh, but until then, we and Steph will be back here next week, 8pm on Thursday. You know how that goes. Tomorrow, I'm here with Andy Shepard. You may have seen this on Twitter Woo! earlier. NXT UK commentator, he's finally coming through. We've got a great lineup of guys in the next few weeks. I believe, don't quote me chronologically, but I believe it's Andy, 
Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports, who I love. Then it's Adam Blompier Ooh. is coming on. And then it's Q-Tip, Pete Quinnell. That's the next four on Fridays. Don't miss them. Remember to subscribe, all of that good stuff. Become members, guys. Me and Steph are here to have parties when you do. Uh, until then, off to Grizzlemania you go. All the love in the world. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.